Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I'd like to say thank you to Douglas Campbell, who gave a donation to the podcast, and I'd also like to say thank you to Colin Johnson, who became my newest patron. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. I make four podcasts a week, from John to Justin every Friday, Coast to Coast every Thursday, Canada Great War every Sunday, and this one every Wednesday and Saturday, and it's a lot of work, and I do it full time, so every dollar you give helps keep it all going, and you can be a patron for as little as $3, and you can make a donation for as little as $5, and it's all appreciated. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. The Indigenous lived around Tisdale for centuries, with the most recent cultures being the Cree and Blackfoot, followed by the Métis as they moved from the east. The Indigenous primarily moved through the area following game, which could include bison in its northern reaches. The Carrot River not only provided ample game and water for the indigenous of the area, but also a form of a highway to travel through the area in order to trade with other indigenous bands. Today, Tisdale sits on Treaty 4 land. The first European to arrive in the area was explorer Henry Kelsey, who came through during an exploration of the Carrot River in 1690. And while Kelsey was the first European, it would be another two centuries before there was another settlement of note in the area that would become Tisdale. As the land was being opened up by the federal government with the signing of the treaties with the indigenous and the laying down of the tracks of the railroad, an increasing number of settlers came to the area to form their own land. As they settled, they would begin to want to link with the outside world, and that was where the post office came in. The post office would be set up one year before Saskatchewan became a province on February 1st, 1904. A name had to be chosen as well, and the decision was made to honor F.W. Tisdale, an employee of the Canadian Northern Railway. The same year the post office was established, the Canadian Northern Railway came through, which greatly spurred on development in the area. In 1913, the Leather River Bridge was built on the northwest of Tisdale. A steel truss bridge, it crosses the Leather River, and it's been in continued use for almost 110 years. The bridge today is an example of a type of bridge construction called a pony truss, which was common in steel truss construction. There are no overhead top cords due to the short height of the parallel cords along the bridge as well, and this type of design was often used on shorter bridges. You can visit that bridge to this day for a great picture opportunity. In 1987, it was made a municipal heritage property. In September 1920, the largest gunfight in the history of Western Canada would occur near Tisdale. It all started on September 17th when four men held up a poker game at Red Deer Lumber Mills, which resulted in police being called. This was followed by a short gunfight. Two days later, Constable Ives and a posse he organized dropped in on two of the men who were eating dinner in a section house thanks to a tip from the telegrapher. Both men were captured without a shot being fired. The two men were then taken to Tisdale where they were placed under guard before being transported to Prince Albert. As for the other two men, the two captured robbers stated they made their way towards Prince Albert and that they would shoot any policeman who stood in their way. Two days later, on September 26th, 
police followed footprints that led them to a large haystack. It was at that haystack that the largest gunfight in the history of Western Canada would occur. Over the next five hours, the two men and police fired 500 shots at each other. Seeing no signs that the men were going to surrender, the police brought in 500 yards of binder twine and some waste to create a fireball to throw at the haystack. At 3 p.m. on that day, the burning ball was thrown into the haystack and immediately set the entire stack on fire. In response, the bandits fired three shots out of the haystack. One constable attempted to climb on a portion of the stack to pull the men out before the fire reached them, but he was unable to as the entire stack was quickly ablaze. Five more shots were fired from the men inside the stack, and the men never emerged, and after the fire was out, their partially burned bodies were pulled out. In 1924, the Canadian Pacific Railway would arrive in the area, connecting Tisdale to the two main railway systems in Canada. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I've spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. Arguably, the worst disaster that ever hit Tisdale came on February 9, 1933, when a fire erupted in the Imperial Hotel. Unlike other fires I've covered in this podcast, this fire did not destroy multiple buildings or entire blocks. The fire was confined to the hotel and two other buildings, but it would see the death of eight people. At the time, Tisdale was going through a cold spell and homes, along with businesses and the hotel, were doing what they could to keep the indoors warm. This would put an extra pressure on the heating equipment in buildings such as stoves and furnaces. The Imperial Hotel in Tisdale would see a fire suddenly erupt after someone carelessly threw a cigarette stub or a match into a wood box. Sandy McPherson, the manager of the hotel, woke to the flames and smoke and quickly became the hero when he ran through the building waking everyone by screaming fire. Risking his own life, he was only wearing a nightgown as he woke everyone up and once he had spread the alarm of the fire, he ran through a wall of flames to the street in his bare feet. The sidewalk was so cold that the flesh from his feet was torn off as he ran to the Tisdale Hotel a block away. His face was badly cut and burned, and in areas almost to the bone, and his hair was burned off his head. Firefighters did what they could to put the fire out using a single pump engine hose, but due to the cold, which included a deep wind chill, the firefighters' cheeks froze stiff and they had to build fires under the pump engine to keep it running. But due to their efforts, only the Imperial Hotel and the two adjoining buildings fell prey to the flames. J.L. Tennant, who was staying at the hotel, was forced to run through the flames in order to escape the inferno, and he would say after, quote, It was the luckiest break in my life. Two seconds more and I'd have been there yet. End quote. 
As it turned out, Tennant was supposed to stay in room 17 on the second floor, but he had a sudden impulse to change his room, and he was put in room 6 instead. The decision would save his life. The fire would result in $500,000 in damages, or almost a million dollars in today's funds. And among the dead were two travelers, the proprietress of the hotel, and her three daughters as well as a maid. On February 13, 1933, the man who was called the hero of Tisdale, Sandy McPherson, died from his injuries. Small-town community theaters are rare these days. With large megaplexes being built, many of these small-town theaters can't survive. That isn't the case in Tisdale, which has the Falcon Theater, which was built in 1935 and continues to this very day showcasing the newest movies for its residents. When the theater opened, the number one movie in the world was Mutiny on the Bounty, and it continues to operate now, showing the latest Marvel movies on the largest cinema screen in the northern grain belt. By 1938, Tisdale was continuing to grow and boasted a population of 1,300 people, a testament to its growing importance in the area of Saskatchewan. On February 3, 1950, a special meeting of town council was being held in town hall to discuss the provincial approval of the application to raise an extra $10,000 in debentures for the new schools that had been built in the community. It was then that the members of the council heard fire sirens blasting in town. As they went out to see what was going on, they discovered that their new, six-room school was burning to the ground. The high school, which had only opened a month previous, luckily was not hit. By the next day, only the foundation of the new school for elementary students was left, resulting in damages of $50,000. Students from that school would have to attend school at the high school until a new school could be built for them. If you stop near Tisdale, one thing you will notice is a very large bee. Not the largest bee statue in the world, it's the second largest after the bee statue in Faller, Alberta. Still, it is quite impressive to see. It stands at 6 feet 11 inches in height and 16 feet long with a wingspan of 11 feet. And not only does the Tisdale region produce 25% of the canola in Saskatchewan, but it also produces 10% of the honey. In 1966, a young man named Brent Butt was born in the community. He would grow up in the community, and by 1988 began to perform stand-up comedy in Saskatoon. He would grow up in the community, and by 1988 he had begun to perform stand-up comedy in a Saskatoon comedy club, before moving on to Yuck Yucks throughout Western Canada. In 1989, he would move to Toronto, and after several years performing stand-up on CTV, CBC, and the Comedy Network, but would develop the show Corner Gas, set in Saskatchewan. The show, which ran from 2004 to 2009, proved to be one of the most popular shows in Canadian history. Running for 107 episodes, the show averaged 1 million viewers an episode and received 6 Gemini Awards, while being nominated for nearly 70 other awards. It would go on to air in 26 other countries and add the term staycation to the English language. On April 13, 2009, Corner Gas Day was declared in Saskatchewan. The show would spawn Corner Gas the movie in an animated series of four seasons. After Corner Gas ended, Butt would create the show Hiccups, which starred his wife Nancy Robertson, who also played Wanda on Corner Gas. He would also write and produce while starring in the movie No Clue in 2013. If you'd like to learn more about the history of Tisdale, you can visit the Tisdale and District Museum, located in Henry Hamilton Park. The museum features a heritage center, a replica train station, and Doghide Village. It also has 16 different vehicles from the past of the community, a 1920 purse house with original furniture, and the Doghide Village features the old fire hall, 
CPR building, log barn, milk house, general store, teacherage, and church. A permanent display in the station house also highlights the history of beekeeping in the area, and there are also artifacts from the biggest shootout in the history of Western Canada, which I mentioned earlier. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my quick look at the community of Tisdale. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Brianna Fultz, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseeth, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.